This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. Have you ever seen those bumper stickers that say, my boss is a Jewish carpenter? What does the Jewishness of Jesus mean for us as Christ followers? Stay tuned to learn more about Jennifer Rosner's new book, Finding Messiah. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Presented by Innervar City Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, Judges chapter 9, verses 22 through Judges chapter 10. God fulfills Jotham's curse. Abimelech commanded Israel for three years. God sent a spirit to stir up hostility between Abimelech and the leaders of Shechem. He made the leaders of Shechem disloyal to Abimelech. He did this so the violent deaths of Jerob, Baal's 70 sons, might be avenged, and Abimelech, their half-brother who murdered them, might have to pay for their spilled blood along with the leaders of Shechem who helped him murder them. The leaders of Shechem rebelled against Abimelech by putting bandits in the hills who robbed everyone who traveled by on the road, but Abimelech found out about it. Gal, son of Ebed, came through Shechem with his brothers. The leaders of Shechem transferred their loyalty to him. They went out to the field, harvested their grapes, squeezed out the juice, and celebrated. They came to the temple of their god and ate, drank, and cursed Abimelech. Gal, son of Ebed, said, Who is Abimelech and who is Shechem, that we should serve him? Is he not the son of Jerubbaal, and is not Zebul the deputy he appointed? Serve the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem. But why should we serve Abimelech? If only these men were under my command, I would get rid of Abimelech. He challenged Abimelech, muster your army and come out for battle. When Zebul, the city commissioner, heard the words of Gal, son of Ebed, he was furious. He sent messengers to Abimelech, who was in Aruma, reporting, Beware, Gal, son of Ebed, and his brothers are coming to Shechem and inciting the city to rebel against you. Now come up at night with your men and set an ambush in the field outside the city. In the morning at sunrise, quickly attack the city. When he and his men come out to fight you, do what you can to him. So Abimelech and all his men came up at night and set an ambush outside Shechem. They divided into four units. When Gaul, son of Ebed, came out and stood at the entrance to the city's gate, Abimelech and his men got up from their hiding places. Gaul saw the men and said to Zebul, Look, 
Men are coming down from the tops of the hills. But Zebul said to him, You are seeing the shadows on the hills. It just looks like men. Gaul again said, Look, men are coming down from the very center of the land. A unit is coming by way of the oak tree of the diviners. Zebul said to him, Where now are your bragging words? Who was Abimelech that we should serve him? Are these not the men you insulted? Go out now and fight them. So Gaul led the leaders of Shechem out and fought Abimelech. Abimelech chased him and Gaul ran from him. Many Shechemites fell wounded at the entrance of the gate. Abimelech went back to Aruma. Zebul drove Gaul and his brothers out of Shechem. The next day, the Shechemites came out to the field. When Abimelech heard about it, he took his men and divided them into three units and set an ambush in the field. When he saw the people coming out of the city, he attacked and struck them down. Abimelech and his units attacked and blocked the entrance to the city's gate. Two units then attacked all the people in the field and struck them down. Abimelech fought against the city all that day. He captured the city and killed all the people in it. Then he leveled the city and spread salt over it. When all the leaders of the tower of Shechem heard the news, they went to the stronghold of the temple of El-Barith. Abimelech heard that all the leaders of the tower of Shechem were in one place. He and all his men went up on Mount Zalman. He took an axe in his hand and cut off a tree branch. He put it on his shoulder and said to his men, Quickly, do what you have just seen me do. So each of his men also cut off a branch and followed Abimelech. They put the branches against the stronghold and set fire to it. All the people of the tower of Shechem died, about 1,000 men and women. Abimelech moved on to Thebes. He besieged and captured it. There was a fortified tower in the center of the city. So all the men and women, as well as the city's leaders, ran into it and locked the entrance. Then they went up to the roof of the tower. Abimelech came and attacked the tower. When he approached the entrance of the tower to set it on fire, a woman threw an upper millstone down on his head and shattered his skull. He quickly called to the young man who carried his weapons, Draw your sword and kill me, so they will not say a woman killed him. So the young man stabbed him and he died. When the Israelites saw that Abimelech was dead, they went home. God repaid Abimelech for the evil he did to his father by murdering his 70 half-brothers. God also repaid the men of Shechem for their evil deeds. The curse spoken by Jotham, son of Jerubal, fell on them. Judges chapter 10. Stability restored. After Abimelech's death, Tola, son of Pua, grandson of Dodo from the tribe of Issachar, rose up to deliver Israel. He lived in Shamir. In the Ephraimite hill country, he led Israel for 23 years, then died and was buried in Shamir. Jair, the Gileadite, rose up after him. He led Israel for 22 years. He had 30 sons who rode on 30 donkeys and possessed 30 cities. To this day, these towns are called Havoth Jair. They're in the land of Gilead. Jair died and was buried in Kamon. The Lord's patience runs short. The Israelites again did evil in the Lord's sight. They worshipped the Baals and the Ashtaroths, as well as the gods of Syria, Sidon, Moab, the Ammonites, and the Philistines. They abandoned the Lord and did not worship him. The Lord was furious with Israel and turned them over to the Philistines and Ammonites. They ruthlessly oppressed the Israelites that 18th year, that is, all the Israelites living east of the Jordan in Amorite country in Gilead. The Ammonites crossed the Jordan to fight with Judah, Benjamin, and Ephraim. Israel suffered greatly. The Israelites cried out for help to the Lord. We have sinned against you. We abandon our God and worship the Baals. The Lord said to the Israelites, Did I not deliver you from Egypt, the Amorites, the Ammonites, the Philistines, the Sidonians, Amalek, and Midian, when they oppressed you? 
You cried out for help to me, and I delivered you from their power. But since you abandoned me and worshipped other gods, I will not deliver you again. Go and cry for help to the gods you have chosen. Let them deliver you from trouble. But the Israelites said to the Lord, We have sinned. You do to us as you see fit, but deliver us today. They threw away the foreign gods they owned and worshipped the Lord. Finally, the Lord grew tired of seeing Israel suffer so much. An outcast becomes a general. The Ammonites assembled and camped in Gilead. The Israelites gathered together and camped in Mizpah. The leaders of Gilead said to one another, Who was willing to lead the charge against the Ammonites? He will become the leader of all who live in Gilead. New Testament reading, John chapter 7, verses 10 through 39. But when his brothers had gone up to the feast, then Jesus himself also went up, not openly, but in secret. So the Jewish leaders were looking for him at the feast, asking, where is he? There was a lot of grumbling about him among the crowds. Some were saying, he is a good man, but others, he deceives the common people. However, no one spoke openly about him for fear of the Jewish leaders. Teaching in the temple. When the feast was half over, Jesus went up to the temple courts and began to teach. Then the Jewish leaders were astonished and said, How does this man know so much when he has never had formal instruction? So Jesus replied, My teaching is not from me, but from the one who sent me. If anyone wants to do God's will, he will know about my teaching, whether it is from God or whether I speak from my own authority. The person who speaks on his own authority desires to receive honor for himself. The one who desires the honor of the one who sent him is a man of integrity, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Hasn't Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keeps the law. Why do you want to kill me? The crowd answered, You're possessed by a demon. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus replied, I perform one miracle, and you are all amazed. However, because Moses gave you the practice of circumcision, not that it came from Moses, but from the forefathers, you circumcise a male child on the Sabbath. But if a male child is circumcised on the Sabbath, so the law of Moses is not broken. Why are you angry with me because I made a man completely well on the Sabbath? Do not judge according to external appearance, but judge with proper judgment. Questions about Jesus' identity. Then some of the residents of Jerusalem began to say, Isn't this the man they are trying to kill? Yet here he is speaking publicly, and they are saying nothing to him. Do the ruling authorities really know that this man is the Christ? But we know where this man comes from. Whenever the Christ comes, no one will know where he comes from. Then Jesus, while teaching the temple courts, cried out, You both know me and know where I come from, and I have not come on my own initiative, but the one who sent me is true. You do not know him, but I know him because I have come from him and he sent me. So then they tried to seize Jesus, but no one laid a hand on him because his time had not yet come. Yet many of the crowd believed in him and said, whenever the Christ comes, he won't perform more miraculous signs than this man did, will he? The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things about Jesus. So the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Then Jesus said, I will be with you for only a little while longer, and then I am going to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. Then the Jewish leaders said to one another, Where is he going to that we cannot find him? Is he not going to the Jewish people dispersed among the Greeks and teach the Greeks, is he? What did he mean by saying, You will look for me, but will not find me, and where I am, you cannot come? Teaching about the Spirit 
On the last day of the feast, the greatest day, Jesus stood up and shouted, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me, and let the one who believes in me drink. Just as the scripture says, From within him will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were going to receive, for the Spirit had not yet been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. God, thank you. Thank you for your word. As I was reading, oh God, Judges, in that portion, oh God, where it talks about how you got tired of watching the Israelites suffer, oh God. I just thought about the heavy loads and burdens and sufferings, oh God, that so many people are grappling with and dealing with from loved ones, sudden death of loved ones, oh God, illnesses and sickness, oh God, and job loss and financial trouble, oh God, and financial debt, oh Lord God. And it just feels like there are people, oh God, under the sound of my voice who feel like they can't catch a break, that they just continually only experience suffering. And they feel that they have not experienced, right, that mountaintop, oh God, or that harvest season, oh God, and they've been planting and planting and planting, oh God, and and not yet seeing the harvest. God, I just pray and empathize, oh God, and I pray that you too would tire of their suffering, oh God, and that you Oh, Lord God, would grant them reprieve, that you would grant them rest, that you would grant them favor, God, that you would grant them, oh God, a breakthrough, oh Lord God, that you, oh God, would bring them into a harvest, that you would wipe away their tears, that you would fill them with joy, that you would fill them with peace, that your Holy Spirit would comfort those who are grieving and mourning, oh God, at this time, God. I just pray that you would continue to be near, God, and I just thank you. Thank you, O Lord, for for the ways, O God, the the miraculous signs, O God, of Jesus' ministry, O Lord God, that show forth that he truly is the Christ. Thank you, O God, that you've given us uh, uh, ears to hear and hearts to receive, O God, as a measure of your grace, O God, and your mercy and your compassion on us, God. Thank you, Lord. It's nothing in us that causes us to believe on Jesus, O God, is nothing but your grace, O Lord God. And that without your grace, O Lord God, we would be lost, O God, like a ship without a sail. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to keep us, O Lord God, in your love, O Lord. Keep us walking in your light, O Lord God. And would you help us to shine your light? Would you help us to point to Jesus Christ as the truth, the way, and the life, O Lord, for those who are not yet in the fold, for those who not who have not yet come to faith, O Lord God, and for those who have maybe walked away, would you draw them back, O God? Draw them back, O God, to the true and living God. Make yourself known in some real and tangible ways in the, in the lives of those who doubt, in the lives of those who don't believe, God. I pray this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus was Jewish, and his Jewish identity informed every aspect of his work, words, and witness. So why does it seem that Judaism has little to do with our Christian discipleship today? Jennifer Rosner, a scholar of Jewish-Christian relations, takes us on a journey into the Jewish roots of Christian faith and practice. In her new book, Fighting Messiah, you'll rediscover the Jewish Jesus, and in so doing, experience a deeper and richer faith than ever before. Get your copy of Finding Messiah today at ivpress.com. And as a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code the word that's promo code t-h-e-w-o-r-d at ivpress.com 
We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag GetInTheWord and hashtag TruthsTable. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com, and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios, and our executive producer is Helen Lee. Yeah.